Welcome to Worship Culture with your host, Shoa, a podcast where we unravel God's intent for worship beyond a Sunday service. Lean in as we discover our identity as worshipers and shakers of culture. What's going on, everybody? My name is Shoa. Welcome to episode one of Worship Culture, the podcast. I'm really excited, guys. I wish you could see my face. (laughs) I'm smiling from ear to ear. This is really, really exciting. We're here. Episode one is live, guys. I want to put, you know, some applause somewhere here. I'm going to find an applause and put it here. There it is. Okay. I'm really honored that you took time out of your schedule to be here with me. Um, I shared this vision on social media a couple weeks ago, and the amount of love and support that I got from you guys was absolutely overwhelming. So I'm giving all of you guys virtual hugs right now, so receive it wherever you are. Um, My name is Sho, as I said before. I'm a worship leader. I've been a worship leader at Campus Rush for five years now, going on six years, and it's been the most incredible journey If you don't know what Campus Rush is, I will put you on. Campus Rush is a millennial church in Ottawa, Canada that's shaking the world. And we're live on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. if you want to be a part of it. Yes, this is a shameless plug, but I truly believe your life will never be the same. Let's get to the question some of you guys have. Um, Why is she actually doing this podcast? Um, I'm just going to make this as short as possible. I was at work one day and God um, dropped this idea on my heart and I battled with it for a really long time. Maybe not a really long time, but maybe a couple weeks. And um, after a while of just being obedient, I'm here. <laughs> I'm choosing to be obedient. I am um, going ahead with this podcast, and I believe God has a purpose for this podcast um, in two folds, I believe. I think on one hand, he wants us to develop a culture of worship for our lives, and on the other hand, he wants us to understand that we have um, such great influence on our culture as worshipers. So we're going to be, you know, learning from a lot of people. We're going to be learning from a few guests that are shaking the world, going to be learning from some of my favorite worshipers around the world so this should be exciting and should be fun so stay tuned for that um the next segment that i'm really really excited for is called press play i get asked this question a lot what are you currently listening to what's on your worship playlist so press play is my opportunity to share with you three songs that I'm currently obsessed with, whether it's songs that, you know, you can play in the background when you're praying or songs that you can vibe to on your way to work, on your way to school, or, you know, just songs that can take you to heaven and hopefully bring you back. But yeah, press play is coming right up. So sit back, relax, and let's get straight into it. So late October of 2019 came around and Uncle Kanye decided to drop a whole Christian album or gospel album and the entire world was shook, including myself. A lot of Christians were mad confused though. We had no idea what was happening. Like, is this for real? Is he trolling? Is this some sort of like controversial ploy? We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to act, how to react, none of that. 
But I personally commend him for doing this because, you know, his industry is so dark and to be bold enough to do this means that he's at least moving in the right direction. Um, so I, I really do believe we need to pray for Kanye, support him in prayer. He needs it. Um, besides all that controversy and all that talk and discussion around, like, I guess the validity of his sound, I personally liked that album a lot. But I'm currently obsessed with his recent project that he dropped on Christmas Day. It's called Jesus is Born. Specifically, Lift Up Your Voices. This one is amazing. It's a twist on Sia's Elastic Heart. Um, it's, you know, his Sunday service choir singing and it's powerful. And my favorite part of the song is where they all started singing in their own song. I think it was like towards the end of the song. It's so beautiful. If you haven't checked it out already, please do so. The second song that I'm loving right now is called We Fall Down slash Enya's Day. I called it Enya's Day for like years, but it's actually Enya's Day because it's a Latin word and it means Lamb of God. This song is an instrumental song um, and it's by, I'm looking at it right now, the maker and the instrument and it features Chris Tomlin. This entire album is an instrumental album. It has a bit of vocals here and there, but it's perfect for quiet time with God. So check it out. Um, speaking of instrumental songs, this isn't officially part of my list, but this song called Like a Flood, it's pretty old actually. It's been like a year or thereabout. Um, it's by Bethel. It's with Molly Skaggs and she is on the keys just playing prophetically and it's beautiful and powerful if you want to go straight to heaven you know <laughs> be in the presence the holies of holies you know just play that in the background and just pray and it's perfect so check that out as well the very last song that i'm obsessed with and it's not because i'm a part of it i really am obsessed with it i play this almost every day it's called open up by campus rush music and it's perfect for the start of a new year because you know it's a prophetic declaration for heaven to open over us and i have a lot of plans that i want to execute in 2020 i'm sure you do as well so this song is perfect because i believe with an open heaven there's literally nothing we can't do on earth so check that song out and you know let it minister to you I hope you guys enjoy those songs. I hope it blesses you. Um, the whole purpose of Press Play is to expand your worship repertoire. My guests are also going to be coming through and sharing the songs that they're loving in this season. So that should be exciting. Um, I'm a music lover. I've been a music lover all my life. Um, my family is super obsessed with music. So I grew up around that. You know, my brothers and I would argue about music 24-7. Uh, we would talk about albums, analyze albums. Um, you know, who's a better vocalist? Is it Stevie Wonder or is it Luther? We would argue for, it seems like years. <laughs> um, so I grew up around music. I had no choice but to love music. So when it came to serving God, I didn't join the worship team because I loved worship. I joined the worship team because I felt it catered to my love for music. And so for years, I thought worship and music was synonymous. And I think that's something we all go through at some point where we think worship and music is the exact same thing, or it's interchangeable. But I believe music is simply an expression of worship. And it's a very, very powerful one. I don't want to ever downplay the power of music. You know, the book of Psalms is filled with sing praises to God. David was, you know, going off 
in Psalms about the power of worship through songs. Um, he was a songwriter. He was an instrumentalist. So he understood the power of it. Um, and he was able to touch God's heart with his lyrics, with his songs, with his instruments. So music plays such a huge, huge role in, in worship. And the Holy Spirit inspires a lot of songwriters to write lyrics that capture the heart of God, that help us as humans to exalt the name of God. You know, it helps us to declare his greatness, to reverence his name, to acknowledge his holiness and his might. So again, music is a major, major um, tool in worship, but worship is a lot bigger than music. I guess the question is, what exactly is worship in itself? And, you know, worship is so layered that it's so difficult to have a singular um, definition of it. But if I had to simplify what worship is, it would simply be a response. It's our response to who God is to what he's doing, to what he will do, and what he's done in the past. That response is simply how we give him glory or giving him praise. And it's very important to establish that the only prerequisite to give God praise is breath. The only thing we require is breath. Um, in Psalms 150, I believe, verse 6, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I think this scripture is really powerful. It's very simple, but it's really powerful. I was studying it the other day, and I got a, a different revelation of it. It's basically saying like anything that has breath, but also anything that functions with breath or depends on breath is designed to give God praise. So when God created you and I, um, he breathed into our lungs and him being the most creative of all creatives decided to sustain that breath with an element called oxygen. Side note, I really love science. <laughs> I... I really love that it's able to actually explain how intricate and detail-oriented God is. And I hate that the devil tried to switch it up and make it like a war against God. Like science is so dope and I think it actually helps us to understand God's creativity. So yeah, that's my little rant about science and, and God. Maybe I need to have an episode about worship and science or something, something cool like that. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Oxygen is what helps us to function and breathe. And from what I know about oxygen, it's not trapped in your lungs. Like it doesn't just stay in your lungs. Your blood vessels take it around your body. They take it to your brain. They take it to your heart to let it function. It's constantly moving around your body to help it function. So when I read this scripture, I interpret it as let everything that has breath or everything that's breath dependent or anything that functions because of breath, praise God. So for example, me being able to communicate with you guys right now and you guys being able to understand or assimilate content is because of a functioning brain. And, you know, that's not the only thing that the brain does. The brain allows us to be innovative, allows us to be creative, allows us to strategize, to make decisions, to, you know, create business plans, to execute plans. So when I think about this scripture, I think to myself, everything that I'm able to produce, whether it's a business or whether it's a song that I'm able to write creatively or um, anything, really, every aspect of your life that requires a functioning brain is a candidate for praise because it's dependent on the breath of God. So the other day I was watching Jerry Lorenzo and Stephen Furtick. Um, it's a great interview. You should actually check it out. It's on YouTube somewhere. Um, Jerry Lorenzo is a designer. He's the founder of this clothing line called Fear of God. 
And in that interview, he talked about his creative process and how much the Holy Spirit inspires him and how he uses this brand to honor God. And it just showed me that worship doesn't always look like church. Um, your clothing line has the ability to give glory to God as long as the intention behind it is to honor God with it. So worship isn't limited to that 30-minute slot on Sunday mornings. You know, it's not just the fast songs or the slow song. It's what you do with your life. And it's it goes far beyond the four walls of the church. My biggest struggle at a point was how to maintain a lifestyle of worship. You know, if it's just a song, it's easy to just come on Sunday and like, you know, sing out songs to God and go back home and be a regular person. But the moment you start to adopt worship as a lifestyle, it could actually be super overwhelming to think about, like, how could I possibly continually worship God? I have a lot going on. As humans, we have distractions. We go through pain. You know, family stuff happens. I'm excited for an episode, actually. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, worshiping through pain. So that's coming up real soon. But your view of God is actually what anchors you in worship. If you've ever read Revelations, you've probably seen a scripture that talks about angels and elders casting their crowns or singing out holy, 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 or constantly worshiping God. And I was always fascinated by that because think about it, guys, 24-7, these guys don't take breaks day and night. All they're doing is worshiping God. And I realized what grounds their worship is their view of God. They get to see him as Yahweh. They get to see him as Jehovah. They get to see his might. They see his splendor. They see his beauty. They see his holiness. They see God and automatically the response is worship. So to ground yourself in worship, you constantly have to see God. You constantly have to discover him for who he is. Your constant discovery of who God is is actually what dictates your worship life. If you have the same view of God, chances are your worship life is going to get stale and recycled. The challenge for us is to constantly discover him, to constantly increase our revelation of who he is through the word. The last part of this is the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think sometimes we forget that the Holy Spirit can actually help us to worship God. It's a partnership with him. He can actually teach you how to worship. He reminds us of the goodness of God. You know, gratitude is a huge part of worship. He helps us and enables us to see God in a different way. So, you know, partnership with the Holy Spirit in worship is very, very important, especially worship leaders. It's so, so important. If you're trying to lead the church to worship God, you have to do it with the Holy Spirit because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Trust me, you have no idea how to take people to the presence of God. The Holy Spirit knows where we need to go in the service. So partnership with him is very important, but you know, I don't want to go into all that. I hope you guys understood everything. I'm going to wrap this up right now and get into some good stuff. The next segment, which is the very last one, is listeners' questions. Um, technically, this isn't a listener's question because it's the very first episode. So this person or these people haven't actually listened to the podcast yet. But I asked them on my Instagram what they would want me to answer and we're going to answer two questions today so the first question is how do you get the rest of your team to really get into the experience of worship i'm guessing this person's a worship leader of some sort um this this is a very interesting one because um 
sometimes we feel really responsible for our team. We feel like if my team isn't responsive to worship, it's all my fault. And there is a certain responsibility because you're leading the team as well as the church. So it's like a, a double um, leadership in a sense. Um, I think the first thing is lead by example. You need to be madly expressive. I mean, like if you need to jump off stage to show your passion, do that. You need to be the, um, I don't want to say example of a worshiper, but they need to see a worshiper in you first and they will follow you. Um, my worship pastor says this all the time. You can't take people where you've never been. That includes a congregation and that also includes your team. First, take you where you want them to go. Secondly, I think you need to have a lot of teaching moments. Teach them about worship. Teach them about your revelation of worship. Help them to understand how important it is to also be madly expressive, to be expressive externally. I think a lot of people think um, worship is internal. Like, you know, I feel it in my heart. So me raising my hand is just an extra um, activity. But show them that whatever they're feeling inside needs to be expressed externally because they're also leading the church. So yeah, have teaching moments where you explain to them the power of expression and lead by example. The second question is, has worship ever caught you up in another realm? Um, oh boy. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to share this on a different day, at least the detail of it. Cause I think it's, it might sound a little spooky for the very first episode. So I'm going to chill. <laughs> um, but long story short, um, I felt the presence of God. I wasn't actually leading worship. I was co-leading. I felt the presence of God. I felt Jesus standing next to me. Yes. Very intense moment. Um, and all I remember was my shoes were flying off my feet because I fell to the ground in front of the whole church. And I saw angels and elders and all that good stuff. And I was, I felt myself at the feet of God and it was surreal and very, very intimate. But yeah, I have been caught up. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the two questions I'm going to answer this week. I'm going to answer a few more. If you have any questions, listeners, please make sure you follow Worship Culture. It's Worship CLTR on Instagram. Send us a DM on there or you can go to my personal page s-e-w-a-a-y-o-o-l-a and just ask me questions i'm happy to answer i'm also going to get my guests to answer questions so stay tuned for that this has been the most amazing experience ever i hope you guys tune in next time i love you guys we're gonna have so much fun please share um you know with your friends let them know this is a new podcast write your reviews do all of that subscribe if that's a thing i love you guys so much thanks for joining me on this first episode see you guys next time